follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and who's worked in the U.S., Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Our topic today is walking through doorways, how forgetting works normally. What's the background to this? Well, we hear a lot about forgetting because it may be an early signal of the development of Alzheimer's disease which is why forgetting in a loved one arouses concerns in family caregivers. But the truth is that forgetting is also a perfectly normal way in which our brains work. Yet we don't hear all that much, and certainly not enough, about the way in which the brain normally forgets, which is why our topic today is how forgetting works normally. Now, to discuss this, my guest is Dr. Gabriel Radvansky. He's an author of the recent research report, Walking Through Doorways, How Forgetting Works Normally. He's professor in the Department of Psychology, University of Notre Dame, Indiana, where he's been on faculty since 1993. He received his PhD in 1992 from Michigan State University. He has over 50 publications in various scientific journals and books. He was an associate editor at the journal Memory and Cognition and is currently an associate editor at the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology. His research largely focuses on memory and comprehension with an emphasis on recent cognition and aging. So, welcome to the show, Gabe. Oh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Great. Now, question for you. First question. Please tell us a bit more about your background, your career, and your life's work as a researcher in psychology. Uh, Well, my background, again, is being trained as an experimental psychologist, as you said, at Michigan State. And over the past couple decades, I guess now, I've been looking a lot at how uh, memory works when presented with information about events in various circumstances, looking at people's memories for stories and whatnot, and uh, looking at how this not only changes uh, as a function of the kind of events we're we're presented with, but also how this changes uh, as a function of age as a person gets older. So that's actually right on target for the concerns we're talking about, isn't it? Yes, it is, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what actually got you started into this research into forgetting? Uh, this particular research I was interested in because I was interested in memory for stories. And we know that when people read stories, uh, they're often parsed up into a whole bunch of little events. Now, lots of things happen. One thing happens after the other. And we know that when people are reading stories, that if there's been a change from one event to another, that... If you then ask people about things from the just prior event, that information will be less available than if there hadn't been a change in the event. The same event was still going on. And so the idea is that that prior event is somehow put aside, okay? And so we said, okay, well, that's what happens when people read stories. 
what about real life? You know, if you think about it, your life, you're basically, when you think about your life, it's one big story. And you're sort of living the story. It's, it's, it's the best story you know. And if we put people in situations where they're going from one event to another, are we going to see the same thing? Are we going to see people having trouble remembering when they go from one event to another? So that's what we started doing. We're putting people in uh, virtual reality environments. We put people in you know, the real world and had them go from one place to another. And what we found was, surprisingly, that the very act of going through a doorway caused people to have a hard time remembering information that they were trying to, to hold on to. Now, that leads into this title of your research report, Walking Through Doorways Causes Forgetting. You've already yeah. explained, you know, that's changing the place they're in. Please talk a bit more about what led you to use that title, which, you know, I've been in research myself, and that's a quite a, an interesting provocative title uh, for a scientific paper. Please talk to me, talk to us, tell us about the way in which you came to that um, title based on what your research was doing and what you found. Well, it's basically describing exactly what the manipulation was, which was having people walk through a door. And we decided to use that as a title because, you know, it is so interesting that the idea that you can the way that you interact with your environment, the structure of the environment, the architecture of the world that you find yourself in has an influence on the way that you think about things. And uh, it's just sort of a catchy way of, of describing that. And it's not only catchy, but it describes exactly what's going on, the fact that walking through the doorway, that's very simple, everyday, ordinary act, causes you to have trouble remembering what you're supposed to be doing right now. Tell us, um, just describe to us the, the kind of laboratory situation. What were the doors, where were the, what were the places people walked through to, and where had they been? Uh, well, there were two basic ways that we did this. One way was using a virtual reality environment. So people were sitting in front of a large 46-inch um, flat-screen TV, and they were about a foot away from that, which, you know, if you ask your mother... That's way too close, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And we did that because we wanted it to fill up their whole, their whole field of view. And so they're in the room. It's dark. Um, they're wearing headphones so they can hear footsteps. So it feels like you're actually in the space. And they're navigating around um, the space. And what they'll do, their task was to pick up an object on a table. And these objects were just uh, colored uh, solids like cubes and spheres and cones and things like that. And they were told to take that object and then move it to the next table. And that table was either across the room, which was no uh, shipping event because you're in the same space, or through a doorway into the next room, okay, where you would put it down, pick up the next, next object, and continue on. And uh, that's what their task was. They had to remember what they were carrying, what they had just set down. So don't remember very much. So that was one uh, set of circumstances. The other was we, we found this in the virtual environment. We said, well, is this just a computer thing? Is this just something about virtual worlds that, that we, we found? So what we did is in the real world, we gave people a bunch of um, balsa wood objects that I painted in my basement and <laughs> laid them on the table and gave them a, a shoebox I painted black and said, okay, you've got to pick up these objects, put them in the shoebox. I think there were six or seven of them. And then they have to close the shoebox, and they walk across a room or walk from one room to the other in our laboratory. And then they sat down, and they had to take a, a memory test and say what was in the box. And what we found, just like we found in the computer world, was that when people had walked through the doorway, they had a harder time remembering what it was they just put in the box. If I can just make a comment back to your description of painting things in the basement and using yeah. black shoe boxes, I'm just going to make a comment back to you. This brings research into the real world of real people. In other words, these aren't giant laboratories full of the science. This, this I know you have lots of science. But yeah. This is practical stuff, practical people in a practical world developing practically useful information. Right. Exactly. That's right, exactly. isn't it? 
Yeah, um, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Great. Now, just say a little bit more about the box problem. That is to say, they walked through a door and they couldn't right. remember what was in the box. Right. How did, what sort of questions did you ask them about what was in the box? Well, well, the way we tested their memory is, you know, again, the objects that they put in the box were, you know, just colored shapes, colored blocks, you know, a little a cube, a little sphere, that kind of thing. And we gave them a memory test. And so what's in the box? Is the sphere red or is it blue? Um, is the cube yellow or is it green? That kind of thing. And so they get a series of these object names, and they have to say simply yes or no whether um, that object was in the box. And the thing that's interesting about that is that's a recognition test, which are usually very easy memory tests to take because it's out there. You just have to say yes or no whether that was one of the things. And even with this very easy task, and they know their memory is going to be tested for this. They know it. They still, when they walk through the doorway, have a harder time remembering what it was they just put in that box compared to if they just put it in the box and carried it across the room. Tell us a little bit more about the, you would call them, I suppose, subjects in, your, in this research. Who were mm-hmm. they? Um, these were all college students in this particular study. I haven't had a chance to do this with older adults, but we've done similar studies with older adults um, with stories, uh, but we haven't had them actually interact with objects yet. Right. Right. So in other words, this is something that um, in a group of people whose memory is probably at its peak in function, these are young, I'm not being in any way judgmental when I say this, but these are young, bright people Mm -hmm. who, because they walk through a door, a doorway, uh, forget what it is that they'd been asked to remember, which was a pretty simple thing to remember. Right, and just a few seconds ago. Yeah. You know, it's not like they were were distracted or um, this is some complex thing they had to remember. It was just these simple objects. And the very act of going through a doorway disrupted that. Yeah, that's quite striking um, as a finding, and we're going to talk more about it uh, in a moment. But right now, it's time for us to take the short break where we have to okay. pay the rent. So I'm just going to say this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Dr. Gabriel Radvansky. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college, one that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. Every week, tune in to a new kind of radio show. Carrie Douglas returns to the Voice America Talk Radio Network, along with Voice America's Network Director, Brandy Jackson, for the Mr. Carrie Douglas and Brandy B Show. We'll step inside the minds and lives of everyday people with a focus on how their faith has developed and led them along their personal path. Carrie Douglas is an artist, promoter, writer, and industry mogul, but his mission is deeply rooted by his faith. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at my. M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Gabriel Radvansky. Our topic is Walking Through Doorways, How Forgetting Works Normally. So let's hear more about your research, Gabe, into forgetting. Now, please could you just summarize for us the questions your research was intended to answer? Well, the question the research was intended to answer is to see if the disruptions in memory that we were finding in stories, the changes of events, happen when we experience uh, events in the real world. So in stories, the events are kind of artificial, and there's very clear boundaries when you read, when you read a book or when you watch a movie or things of that nature. But in the real world, it's more of a continuous kind of thing. And the walking through doorways is a pretty clear way to set up these event boundaries when you're in one situation and you go to the next. And we wanted to see if that um, disrupted your memory in your interaction with the real world just as it does with stories. Right. And that's exactly what we found. And, you know, if you think about it, it's kind of like uh, your everyday experience. So you're sitting there in the living room, you're watching television, and you're thinking that you want to get something to eat. So you, you walk up, and you go into the kitchen, and you have no idea why you're there. <laughs> And yes. it's, it's the same thing. You know, you've gone from one situation to another. You've crossed an event boundary, okay, and that causes enough disruption that you, you can't remember this seemingly simple thing. So what you've just described for us are basically the answers that you got from your research, which right. is, right, just exactly what you described. Now, um, I'm going to ask you, to, as it were, transpose those findings into okay. this real world. In other words, what sort of circumstances, uh, have you got any anecdotes or any kind of stories that kind of bring your research into the real world that people will recognize for themselves? Right. I, I think it's any situation where you're having to coordinate a lot of things across uh, a lot of different kind of events where you are doing things that require you from shifting from one set of circumstance to another, going from one room to another, going from one window to another on a computer, um, things of that nature. And the problem is when you have to carry things over from going one situation to another, that going from one event to another is disruptive because normally you want to forget because generally we do different things in different places. So you do different things in your living room than what you do in your kitchen. And so it's good to sort of put that stuff out of your mind and focus on the stuff that's new. It's only when you're trying to carry things from one situation to another that these problems are more likely to arise and you're going to have some sort of difficulty. Is there any, are there any circumstances where what you've just described, that is you, you forget what you're carrying in your memory as you change place, other ways in which that could be risky or dangerous, do you think? Uh, yeah, sure. If, if it's really important that you know that you um, have something that you're not supposed to have or you forgot something, so you, you, know, you put your gun in your, your <laughs> briefcase and then you go to the airport because you've gone from one situation to another, you've forgotten it's in there, uh, that, that can cause a lot of trouble. But any sort of situation where something is not supposed to be where it's supposed to be or you're supposed to bring something or you're supposed to do something, and you've forgotten just because you've gone from one circumstance to the other. So somebody told you to do something while you're in that situation, you're remembering it. You go to another situation, and you can't forget. I mean, you've forgotten what it is, and you can't remember what it is what you were supposed to do. Right. Now, I want to just ask you to extrapolate a little bit. Um, okay. Many of us, uh, well, maybe I shall just say, speak from my own experience, this thing uh, that you've described so well, you go into the kitchen and you've forgotten what it is you went there for, I think is it, it affects me, and I, I believe it affects a lot of people because it's a natural, normal thing, which is what yeah, you're describing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, um, because in the, of the times we live in, when people, and I'm going to use the word, are fearful of things about memory, are you willing to go so far as to draw any sort of conclusions from your study, so as you've described it so far at least, uh, that can be reassuring to people like me and anybody else who's listening, who's had that experience of scratching their head, wondering why they're in the kitchen? 
Uh, well, I think it, it is a good thing that that happens because, again, normally we want to keep our lives organized and structured, and that's one way our, our brains and our minds sort of do this, is by putting old things aside. And it's only under odder circumstances that you do uh, need to carry things from one place to another and you forget. So it's perfectly normal, perfectly everyday, uh, nothing, nothing to worry about. Uh, one of the interesting things we found with the older adults that we've tested with the stories that they, we've had them read is that at this level, this understanding of events level of thinking and cognition, they don't do any worse than the college students. And in some cases, when they're thinking about events, they actually outperform the college students, which I don't think uh, a lot of them realize just how well they're doing. Um, I mean, all I can say to you is I, is a loud cheer on the part uh, of people <laughs> <laughs> because this is very positive, very important feedback from your research that says see this forgetting as actually not only normal but actually useful. Oh, yeah, that's what absolutely. You're saying, isn't it? it is, it yeah. is. Uh, I've gotten... You know, when this research came out, I've gotten so many emails from so many people saying, oh, thank goodness, I thought I was the only one. I thought there was something wrong with me. And it's like, no, we're all, we're all like this. We just don't like to admit it when we make these kind of mistakes. But we, we do this all the time, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It helps you organize things. If you didn't do this, if you weren't very good at this, I think your, your mind would be more of a jumble, and your memory would be more of a jumble and be harder to organize information and deal with it more effectively. So this, this is a good thing. Now, you also said something else that's positive, um, and that is that the older people you tested, um, is in kind of parallel situations at least, right. um, would, did at least as well as the young people and maybe at times did better that, which suggests that um, brain actually doesn't necessarily get worse with aging in, in normal circumstances and may right. even sharpen up a bit. Is that a fair conclusion? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there are some things that decline with age, but there's some things that, that stay the same and get better. I mean, old people have been around a long time. They know a lot of stuff. They can beat the pants off any college kid uh, on so, certain kinds of tasks because they understand the world better, because they're sort of focusing on more the big picture. So in a sort of thumbnail sketch of what we found over many studies is you can think of the younger adults being really focused on the trees, whereas the older adults have a better view of the forest. And so, you know, who understands what's going on better? Well, it's a question of what your emphasis is going to be and what's going to be important. So the older adults, I think, remember things, some things differently and some things better. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're a kind of person who tends to worry about um, forgetting why you're in the kitchen and like things, are there any tricks that they can do? I don't know whether trick is the, quite the right word here. Right. But are there any sort of workarounds that they can use to make them feel better about the situation and maybe remember what they are in the kitchen for? Right, and yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is, is actually the worrying itself. If there uh, is some, are some other research coming out showing that if you get older adults as relaxed as young people, they do just as fine as young people on other tasks. A lot of it comes from your perception and your attitudes. If you think that you're old and you're going to forget stuff, you're going to forget a lot more stuff. So part of it is to relax. Um, and if you just want to make sure that you're remembering stuff, um, carry some little reminder along with you. So if you're fixing something and you need a screw, take the screwdriver with you. That'll help remind you what it was that you forgot. So when you get into the room and you don't know what you want, you look down at the screwdriver, it's like, oh, I need a screw, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> I'm being facetious now, but that's not cheating then. No, absolutely not, because it's, it's everybody happens. This happens to everybody. It's, right. it's not, you know, unique to older adults or any, other, any population. This just happens to everybody. Not cheating. Nobody's grading you. Everything's fine. Right, right. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of begging, begging you to give me an answer to a question, but it's this. 
I'm going to ask you again later on, but I'm going to put in a bit of the question now, and that is, how important do you think it is that people do understand uh, what's normal about the kind of things you've been talking about, that is forgetting, and maybe other things as well? In other words, is it important for people um, to know what's normal and what isn't normal um, in relation to the way forgetting takes place? Uh, Absolutely, because... I mean, not only does this have implications for your everyday kind of kind of memory, you know, wondering if you've got memory problems or not, and you know, the the anxiety, as I've mentioned before, of being concerned that there's a problem with your memory, which will then cause problems. Um, but even situations like you're sitting on a jury and you're listening to somebody talk about uh, what they witnessed, you know, how good is their memory? How much can you rely upon it? How much do you need to be a little bit skeptical? Uh, things of that nature. When you're dealing with other people, are they forgetting something because they they don't care about you, or is it because they they're just busy, <laughs> and then their memory doesn't work that way? Um, things of things of that nature. Powerful. I, I had a I had a student once. She had, she had an incredibly good memory uh, for for various reasons, and you know I was talking with her and explaining to her why she had such a good memory. She said. Oh, that's great. My fiancé was forgetting stuff all the time. Now I know it's not because he's being lazy. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's that right. relationship. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not because people don't care. It's because the, their memory just probably might not be as good as yours. So. Exactly, exactly right. Okay, now I've remembered that it is the time now that we have to take the break so we're going to do it this is dr gordon Atherley. my guest is dr gabriel radvansky you're listening to family caregivers unite on the voice america variety channel stay tuned we will remember to come back favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. We are in the midst of a global sovereign debt crisis that could lead to the ultimate risk for the world economy, the removal of the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. What will this event really mean to the markets? And more importantly, what does it mean for you and your family? Listen to Global Currency Watch with your host, Stephen Ayer, to get a full and objective look at the world's sovereign debt crisis and help you prepare for when the crisis envelops the United States. Global Currency Watch airs live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life, we'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. 
That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Gabriel Radvansky. Our topic is walking through doorways, how forgetting works normally. Now, more and more as a society with an aging population, we're concerned about forgetting and therefore memory problems connected with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So let's talk about the ways in which Gabe, your research findings and those of others working in your field can help family caregivers with a better understanding of the way the brain works normally when it forgets things. So please would you just explain to us, you've done some of it already, but just bring it home to us, how the brain normally forgets things. Well, the brain forgets things um, not necessarily just because time has passed. Uh, what we call decay, but it generally forgets things because of other things that, that it encounters, other new information, new circumstances. Uh, this is why going from one event to another can cause uh, forgetting, because you're going from one circumstance to another, that's replacing, it produces what we call interference, um, which then causes the memory problems. So if you think about things that you remember really well, they're often things that are very unique, very unusual, odd circumstances. So I remember very clearly the time I was picked up by a police helicopter for armed robbery uh, because it only happened to me once. A very unusual experience. I didn't do it, but very, very distinctive experience. But you don't remember what you had for lunch, perhaps the day before or today even, because you have so many memories of doing that that they sort of jostle with one another, they compete with one another, and it's hard to pick out one memory from all of those uh, different competitors. So you, you sort of need to keep that in mind when you're thinking about your own memory or thinking about somebody else's memory. Is this something that they're going to be confused about because they've done it so many, so many times? Um, one of the things that can really help memory is getting enough sleep because that's when memories become solid, that's when they become very distinct and they become very useful is when we're sleeping. So if somebody hasn't been getting enough sleep for whatever reason, that may be causing them problems uh, with their memory, not be able to track things. And if they can somehow uh, get, the, get that sleep, it helps. Also the anxiety. The, the thing with anxiety, people have problems with memory when they're anxious, not because they can't remember things, but often because they're thinking about too much. They're having too much information come out of their memories. And by getting people to calm down, to relax, that helps them organize that information better. They don't have so much competition, and there's less forgetting people do better. There have been studies that have found that even some simple tasks like journaling, just writing down things that you're concerned about, a very simple task, lowers anxiety and people's performance uh, memory tests go up after that. So, let me just switch age groups now. You okay. did, did studies in young university students, young people. Right. What about children? Do children forget normally in the same way that adults do? Uh, yeah, they do. Their problem isn't so much forgetting per se, meaning the, the loss of information. Their problem is generally getting the information in and structuring it and organizing it. So part of the reason you don't remember much from when you were an infant, most of us, is the fact that you didn't know a lot about the world. And the more you know about anything, the better you can use that to help structure and organize information. So the reason... Children tend not to remember a lot of information is because they just don't have that ability to, to structure and organize and, and make sense of things. And that's, if you want to improve your memory, that's one of the best things you can do is just learn as much as you can. Go to as many movies as you can. Go to as many plays. Go on lots of trips. Just have lots of fun doing lots of different things. And that will really, really help your memory. Now, um, re- your research findings... Um, how, to what extent, 
do you, do you think these findings help us understand when forgetting is starting to be not so normal, you know, in a, an elderly family member? How, how would your research findings help a family caregiver in that kind of situation, do you think? Uh, yeah, that's always tough because, um, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons that can cause that. But mine would suggest that if you have someone who's older who's been doing a lot of stuff and they seem to be having trouble, it may be because they're just exposing themselves to lots of different events, and that's really what's causing the problem. It's not because they are having trouble. But somebody who is in a situation where things aren't really broken up like that and you start seeing kind of deficits and problems, especially for really basic information, um, such as the day of the week and, and things of that nature, that's when you might start becoming concerned. Not that if you can't remember what day it is, it's, it's a problem, but if that kind of thing goes on regularly. Yeah. It's, Let it's, me ask, carry on. Don't, don't go ahead. No, uh, that's it. All right. Um, as I've been listening to you, I've sort of come to a, a word um, that I want to see if, it, if I'm correct in the way I'm using it. Okay. As I'm listening, I'm hearing you describe something which sounds to me like some memories are being crowded out by lots of others. Is the, the idea of crowded out right? And if it isn't, please put me straight. No, I think that's a, that's a very good analogy um, that – when you have lots of memories of doing uh, something, whatever that thing is, uh, they do crowd one another. There is a lot of competition, and your memory is going to be worse because of that. It, it's like the guy at the factory who does the same thing all the time, and then one time he forgets to do it. And it's not because he's lazy. It's not because he doesn't care. It's because he has lots of memories of doing that task. And they crowd out and compete with one another, and he then mistakenly thinks because there are so many at a sort of an unconscious level that he must have done it this time as well, when in fact he hadn't done it. Right. Still on this same theme, mm -hmm. what about very busy people now who it's kind of, you know, the kind of thing you see on television? Uh, you know, there are five phones ringing on the president's desk right. and you know, people are coming in and out and all that kind of thing. Does business create this same uh, crowding out of memories or is it business something different? Well, it's, it's, if you're busy doing all kinds of similar things, then yes, it would. I mean, if they're very different, um, that probably wouldn't. Uh, but my guess is that most of the busyness that most people are dealing with, they're all related in some way coordinating their lives. And I think that's going to cause problems in remembering because you're constantly switching from one thing to another. But there are some people who are very good at this, who are very good at structuring. But I think a lot of us are just sort of kidding ourselves in terms of how much we can actually handle uh, in terms of all this clutter we've got in our lives. So this is back to the doorways then. <clears throat> if yep. you if your world is sort of causing you to go through all these doors, um, right. the chances are that you won't know <clears throat> which color blocks there were in the black shoebox. Exactly, um, exactly. Okay. That's profoundly important, isn't it, for people? Because it's, I mean, I'm saying the same thing that we've said before, which is this is normal. And secondly, maybe... As you've said earlier, there are little tricks that you can get up to, little, little workarounds that you can get up to to get around this problem because it isn't really a problem. It's just the brain working in its normal fashion exactly. uh, based on uh, serving us the best way it possibly can. Yeah. I know that's a yeah. bit naive, but is that fair enough? No, I think that's, I think that's, that's, that's dead on. I think it's, I mean, it's not very scientific language, but yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Um, you know, we're, we're having to track all this stuff, and the more we uh, fragment our, our lives, the more likely things are going to get lost as we jump from one uh, set of circumstances to another, and, and I think the more disappointed we'll, we'll be in ourselves. But again, it's not that our, something wrong with our minds. It's, it's just the way that we're using the brain that's not meant to do that kind of stuff. Sure. There are... 
Gabe, there are all kinds of sort of memory training programs around. Mm-hmm. And I'm not asking you, obviously, to comment on any particular one of them, but what's your sense of memory training programs in relation to the very scientific work that you're doing? Do the programs reflect what you're doing? What's the story there? Um, they're not really reflecting what I'm doing per se. Uh, I'm very intrigued by them. I think... I think the jury's still out. I think there's some that, that don't work very well at all, and there's some that have some potential. I mean, there has to be something to it. You know, people who are more schooled generally tend to be better at certain things, and there's got to be some consequence of that. Um, so, I, so I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, right. I'm sort of waiting with bated breath like everybody else on that one. <laughs> right. Okay, that's good. Now, it is time to take the short break once more. So this is Dr. Gordon Adley. My guest is Dr. Gabriel Radvansky. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at m-y-m-o-n-a-m-i dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Gabriel Radvansky. Our topic is walking through doorways, how forgetting works normally. Now let's talk about the ways in which you think family caregivers can be helped by knowing more about the way forgetting works normally. So how and why or why not would it be helpful to family caregivers concerned about forgetting problems in family members, um, how would it help the family caregivers if they knew more about the ways forgetting works normally? I, I think it's very important for caregivers to understand uh, what it is for it to be normal forgetting and what you know, the person is quite competent in doing and what, what goes beyond that. You don't want to put people in a situation where every time they forget something, you're trying to attribute it to some kind of problem when, uh, when there isn't. And I think you need to give people uh, the benefit of the doubt sometimes and just sort of look into our own lives and see how much we forget all the time, every, every day, which we're really bad at. We're really bad at knowing when we've learned something and we're really bad at knowing uh, how good our, our memories will be over time. So... Right. Now, what you've just led me into this particular question. What about the family caregivers themselves? Um, 
they may start to be concerned about their own forgetting um, when they're looking after somebody who they believe, or perhaps rightly or wrongly, is slipping down the road to something like um, right. Alzheimer's disease. So what about family caregivers who may be starting to be concerned about their own forgetting? What about their understanding of the way forgetting works normally? Well, I think that's important for them because part of being around people that have troubles is you start seeing that in your own life, which may not be there. And I think you need to be aware of just where the strengths and weaknesses of your own memory uh, lie. But, again, it may also be, as I mentioned before, that it could be real and it could be due to the anxiety and the stress of having to be a caregiver. And things that you can do to reduce that stress is going to reduce the amount of forgetting that goes on and it's going to make you a better caregiver and give you a happier happier life. Right. And that stress factor you mentioned is very real, isn't it? Especially oh, in, in these conditions like Alzheimer's where the feels to be no end to it, no understanding, and no sense that there's much in the way of help round the corner. Uh, you know, those are the stress factors, aren't they? Right, absolutely. And dealing with somebody like that is, you, you have to understand that under those circumstances, there is a very real memory problem there, um, and that any, any lack of ability to remember things is not personal. It's, it's just the way they are. Right. Now, if somebody has a parent, maybe long gone, who they recall had memory problems that developed into something serious, how, what's the kind of sense of the importance of understanding how their memories, that is the people who are remembering their long dead parent, um, how, how important is it for them to understand how forgetting works normally? Um, because I think there, you know, if you're dealing with uh, a memory of someone who's who's gone, you know, just to not only understand how their memory was uh, was problematic in everyday circumstances, as well as the condition that they were in, but also, you know, I, I mean, people are, are, are libraries of memories, and you just need to remember who they were and and. That, what they remember from you and what, they, what you got from them. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. But. Yeah, I think that's perfectly... Could you just sort of sharpen it up a little bit? That is to say, many of us have, and I'm one, have yeah. um, a father who slipped down the road, and I wonder about my going the same way. Now, I don't want you to answer that question, but that's what I really right. meant, is how do we deal with it? Well, the fact is, you've told me things that I didn't know about the way my memory works normally, so right. I should stop worrying, is my, is my impression. Right. Now, uh, I would like you to um, close now um, with a message for family caregivers about ways of keeping themselves informed about the normal process of forgetting and therefore the normal ways that memory works. How, do, how would family caregivers keep, them, keep them abreast, themselves abreast of that knowledge? Well, I think a lot of, if you look at the, in the news, there's, there's stories about memory all the time. And a lot of it, you know, focuses on, uh, problems that memory, people have with their memories, but there's also a lot that shows just how surprisingly good our memories can be sometimes, and just how much we are remembering. And just you know, watch yourself and watch the people around you, and you'll see how much remembering is going on, how much forgetting is going on, and there's a, a great, wonderful mix uh, of both of those. And forgetting is not a bad thing. And we've talked about how going from one event to another helps you remember things. One of the also things that also happens as we go through life is something we call the Pollyanna effect. And that is the more we progress through life, we tend to lose the memories for the bad stuff. We remember more the memories for the good stuff. So, so forgetting is good because it makes your life better as you, as you progress through it. That's, again, very positive. In other words, don't, this isn't what you said, but don't wallow in memories that are unpleasant, 
Right. Uh, let the brain do its job of um, filtering those out and saving them someplace where you can't get at them. Right, That's... because they're, they're in the past. And the best things from the past are the good memories, and those are the ones that will stay with you throughout your life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we are unfortunately coming to the end of this, um, this, this episode. Um, I want to, first of all, um, thank our listeners and uh, we'd be glad to hear from them if they have any comments or suggestions. But I also want to say uh, a big thank you to Gabe because of several things. First of all, the way in which you've made clear what is complex research. I mean, a, a common, as you know, a common criticism of research workers is we don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they yeah. only speak among themselves. Right. You've been the opposite. We know what you're talking about. You've been very clear about your message, and your message is a very good one, which, in my view, needs to get out much wider. Oh, so I, I hope that, agree. Right. So I hope that this episode that you've been such a good guest on will uh, help you do that, get get the message out and also um, get develop interest in the research that you and your colleagues are doing because it seems to me extremely important. And I don't doubt that what the research you're doing will lead to eventually a better understanding of when the transition is taking place between um, a normal memory forgetting and problems of memory that perhaps we should be worried about. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So thank you. I hope to get a chance to work with you again, and I hope this episode um, does help you in your work. Well, now, to our listeners, I would say, in our next episode, we're going to be talking about using social media to connect young persons with autism. So please join us, same time, same spot, on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.